Hi, I'm Amy Honorado, and you're listening to another DMN one-on-one podcast. Today I'm joined by Pat Reinhardt, Senior Director of Digital Strategies at Conductor. And uh, if you're not familiar, Conductor has made some pretty big headlines earlier this year. Uh, they announced their partnership in acquisition by WeWork. And, uh, you know, actually, I was at C3 uh, right after the announcement was made, and honestly, you could feel the excitement that was in the room that day. So, Pat, congratulations on that. Really excited to... Uh, see what's going to come out of it. No, thanks, Amy. And it, it's been really exciting. It's been really interesting uh, because, you know, we work, you know, most known for co-working, uh, you know, co-working office space, things of that nature. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, saw their their acquisition of, of Conductor as, as interesting, as an interesting choice. But, you know, they're really trying to become like a 360 solution for businesses, both in office space and in, you know, work life. Um, and I think that, you know, you know, us becoming part of, of their membership and us becoming, you know, becoming part of their culture and their and just their overall, you know, hey, you know, their overall, you know, mythos is, is going to be a really great thing, uh, you know, for companies that come and work for the company. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear it. And I'm excited really to see how the partnership grows and, and what you guys really make of it. Uh, just, you know, a little bit about who Conductor is, you know, you guys have a background really in, in SEO and, and content marketing a little bit. So now too. So you guys have been really growing and, and moving in that space. Um, and I'm curious, you know, being, you know, in your position and, and what you guys have been doing, how is CEO, where's the state of CEO now, um, SEO now, I'm sorry, and where do you think it's, it's kind of going? It's an interesting question and one that I, you know, love talking about. As anyone who joins my monthly webinar, 3030 knows, I love going off in the space and talking about the space that we're all in. Um, you know, SEO has evolved over the course of my, you know, 14 year career, whereas it was very tactical for the first 10 years or so, I would say. And, you know, over the last, I don't know, I'd say like 18 months, we've really started to see a shift towards, you know, Google is, you know, a lot of people think that Google's obsessed with making SEO's lives difficult, right? Oh, we do all these changes. We update the algorithm to screw people and to close businesses and things of that nature. And that's actually not the case. They're obsessed with user experience because they need people to continue to use their search engine because if people don't use their search engine, then they won't see their ads and then Google has no revenue anymore. 98% of their revenue still comes from paid ads. And I think a lot of people don't think that way. Uh, but you know, their search engine is where all of their you know, money comes to fund all their philanthropic you know, uh, you know, you know, things and you know, robot dogs and things of that nature. Um, you know, but getting back to, you know, to the question is that you know right now what we're seeing is this shift towards what I call a user uh, you know a user-centric internet right like are you know things that people want experiences um, you know and you could even call it an experience centric internet uh, you know where when someone comes to a site they want to trust a brand they want to come they want to find something sure through a search engine and get to the site but they're not just gonna come and buy something anymore right we have to earn that you know we have to earn that dollar much more these days but we also have to provide a much more immersive experience uh, that's especially true of a younger crowd, you know, like, let's say, just take the, the millennial generation, for example, um, you know, they're must, much more cost conscious than a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, generations that come before them who, you know, who are automatically loyal to a brand, right? It's like, hey, my, my father used this brand, my parents, my mother used this brand, so I'm going to use this brand. You know, that, that's kind of an old way, an older way of thinking. But I actually love this new turn um, where, you know, I think it opens up, you know, you know, brands to a lot, you know, to, 
to, to have to have a little bit more creativity and not just do the same thing over and over. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to have this product page and we're going to do this and there's a buy now button and things like that. You actually have to educate the user. Um, and that's becoming what I've seen is that blogs and articles have actually become much more transactional over the last 18 months and they're actually driving revenue. And I think that that sh- kind of shows this shift to people who want to come and they want to, you know, they want to educate a brand. We did some research here over 80% of uh, users when presented with a choice between four different uh, brands, if they visited one brand and that educated them, they were 80% more likely to buy from that brand because that brand educated them and they became more loyal to them. So I think providing that education, providing that experience is where SEO is headed. And I think the people who kind of keep up with that trend and note that it's all about user intent. It's not about selling someone something. It's about solving their problem and answering their question. Those are the people who are gonna be successful moving forward. Exactly, and it's kind of interesting too, you know, blogs have always been one of the more traditional kind of ways for people to communicate, but there's so many different avenues where people can communicate now. You have these mobile experiences, you have webinars, you even, you know, I, I think more so now than ever, the prevalence of voice search. Mm-hmm. So it's all these different ways where people can really tap into different, different type of modes to communicate. So how do you think, you know, something, creating content where you're educating people, a, a voice search experience would be different from a blog or a webinar or something that may be more traditional. Yeah, you know, voice search is interesting because that, that's when you start getting to because a lot of people get, you know, caught up in, okay, so voice search is a thing, right? You know, it's something that's come, you know, something that's become much more prevalent since the introduction of Echo, um, you know, and Alexa, you know, with, uh, with Alexa behind it. And, you know, I always call the Echo and Alexa the Wii of voice search because, you know, when you think back to motion control and video games, the Wii was the first one that brought that to the masses, right? Google Google Glass was the beta version of it. That was version zero that actually made it a real concept that you could hold and feel. And then Alexa Echo brought it to the masses, which is why I always say the Wii. But, you know, ultimately, and then you have, you know, the copycats come out. Not copycats, you have Google Home, you have Apple HomePod, which I probably shouldn't call a copycat. That doesn't make sense. Uh, But, you know, just other competitors, let's say that. Uh, You know, you have those come out and you're like, okay, cool. But then you're kind of thinking like, okay, like, so these are things, right? But ultimately, I believe the way that voice search exists today is a fad, right? You know, with these with these home assistants, we're, what we're really talking about there is the internet of things, right? Because ultimately, you're going to have your watch talk to your thermostat that talks to your refrigerator that ultimately turns your oven on before you get home from work and cooks your dinner. You know, that you know that's really what it is. And you can all command that from whatever that is. You know, and that could be, you have a, you know, something on your necklace, something like that, that kind of goes from that. And I think people get confused, getting back to what we were talking about. I think when people get confused, there's a different between a voice search and a voice command, right? And that's the point I'm trying to make, is that a voice command is like, turn on my lights. You know, that's a command that you do. That's not a voice search. So I don't really care about someone asking their watch to turn their lights on, right? I want people who are asking about the weather. You know, like, I want people who are asking a question, which is where it gets back to, you know, kind of tying it back to a website and to a blog post or an article for that matter. It's that if you write a really compelling piece of content and you get to either the answer box, which is position zero, we call it here, conductor or you know really high up in the SERPs the search engine result pages for anyone um, listening uh, you know that's where voice search impacts search actual search it's not because a lot of people get caught up in the voice command aspect of it and that's not what we're talking about it's two separate entities the voice search aspect of it is those are the questions that 
people are, an, are asking. And if brands and you know individuals create really good content and get up to that, you know, get up to that uh, that position zero where they're getting that answer back, that's really where voice search is pulling from the SERPs right now. Ultimately, that of course will evolve, and we'll have many different devices listening to many different questions because eventually someone will ask the refrigerator something that I'm interested in. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I think that we have to separate those two and say that you know, like from from a voice search standpoint, that compelling content is what these home assistants are going to use when a voice search is conducted to answer that question. And ultimately, that'll build that trust and that'll get you that, you know, that'll get you that qualified user from a voice search enabled device. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really interesting point. It's not, it's not the voice, the, it's kind of like an outlet, like the Alexa and the Google Home is the outlet, the way that a consumer would access the blog post. So it all comes down to the stuff that you're doing, the stuff that you're putting online, and making these things discoverable by those platforms mm -hmm. so that it and it, it's a different kind of way of barrier of entry that way so you go in that way and that's how you get it so really I guess with the with the blog post then it's you have to make sure that you're hitting the points of value for these customers you need to be able to create these experiences and really hit on the exact points that they would need mm -hmm. when they're looking for these things so it becomes making things more comprehensive. So how do you think about really hitting the needs of the consumer and kind of plan your content strategy that way? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people miss, especially uh, e-commerce sites, you know, uh, you know, people who sell physical things. Um, a huge miss that I go, and I go time and time again is, hey, it's like you guys have a customer service department, right? You have people who answer customers' questions and solve their problems every single day. Number one, go mine that. You know, go ask what are the most common questions. Most companies have some kind of, you know, uh, have some kind of software that is recording everything, like a gong or something like that, that you can search through using text, and you can find keywords in there, and you can find questions in there that people are asking, and then you can go create a, a piece of content that asks that question and then answers it in a long-form way online so that a voice-enabled device can find it, but also just the regular, you know, day-to-day -day searcher can find it on their mobile device or on a desktop device. Um, you know, so, so thinking of it that way, that's one big miss that people think is, like, go ask people who answer questions all day what the problem is. The other way is to just go out there and do some research, right? You know, if you work at a brand, you should know what your brand's problems are. If you don't know what your brand's problems are, then there's a problem about, that's a problem within itself. Uh, you know, so go learn what your brand's problems are. Go learn what your product shortcomings are. You know, go go use it. Go use it out in the real world. What, what breaks? What doesn't work? What doesn't work exactly the way you want it to work? And then go out and do some keyword research and say, hey, listen, you know, like there, if other people are asking these questions, you can find something that has search, you know, MSV behind it, search volume for anyone listening uh, who may not be familiar with that. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things Things where you know you can go out and do very simple keyword research and find what those questions are and if the other people are looking for them and if if it makes sense to answer that question on your site go answer that question on your site you know if it's about your product go answer that product because if you're not answering it your competitor probably is and they may be answering it about you uh, you know because I've seen in the past where for example like a very very large ticket site that everyone probably uses um, you know I won't say the brand name but you could use your imagination very there's only like three of them um, you know they were having uh, you know we found when we were auditing their site and this was about a year ago was that there was this tiny site that was answering questions about their fees 
and they were getting and they had better fees, so they were they were leeching business off this large brand because they were answering questions. They did a comparison about because people were asking what are XYZ's fees, right? This site answered that question. Yes, they are not that site, but they answered that question. They got the answer box, and they got a ton of traffic from it. I wrote a whole article on Search Engine Journal about it, and actually the CEO of the small company reached out to me and said, like, you made me look bad. I'm like, no, I didn't. I made you look like a genius. I'm like, that's a phenomenal strategy, out. man. I'm like, you're looking at this the wrong way. He's like, you called me shady. I'm like, I did call you shady, but that's, you know, but that's kind of a shady thing to do. But, you know, it's good, but it's good, you know, it's good business, right? there. That's good, you know, that's good that's being, being aware. advertising. Like, 100%. people will bid on their competitors yeah. for Google AdWords. It's, it's totally legit. kind of yeah. idea. It's totally legit. It's, it's fair competition. And, you know, and I applauded the guy. And, you know, he was very mad at me for a few minutes. And then, like, we, we kind of got to an okay place. I'll probably never talk to him again. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, you know, he's, he doesn't live anywhere near here, so that's good. Uh, but, but, like, that's, that's an example for, like, if you're not going to answer that question, someone else will. And that's not a hard thing to do. Like, a lot of people think SEO is like this black box. It's really not. It's a game of common sense. You know, there are hundreds of levers that we can pull for each site. The art is knowing which lever to pull for what site in what situation. And that's where people get a little bit lost in the, lost in the sauce. Yeah, because you're, I guess in that, in that sense, if you're, you could be focusing and writing a ton about one thing, but if it's not the stuff that you want those most qualified people, because ultimately it's about bringing people in, getting people educated, mm -hmm. and bringing them to those, those valuable pages, pages where they're going to convert, maybe kind of going down, deeper down through the funnel when you're talking about those top of funnel interactions. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing it the right way, or if you're writing about something you may think is like, hey, this is this is what we should be doing, and you may be missing the target completely. Yeah. Which brings me, I guess, to the next question. Like, how do you know whether or not your strategies are working? Like, how are you measuring that? Like, is it page views? Is it engagement? I know it's been a little bit of both, and the way that people are looking at that is, is kind of really changing now when it comes to to SEO and, and from content marketing and it's that standpoint. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, when someone asks about KPIs, right, you know, or, you know, what, what, how do we measure if this is successful? Um, it, you know, it's always best to keep it simple, in my opinion. You know, you want more traffic. You want more, you, you know, you want more new traffic. So you want to make sure, you know, you want returning traffic as well. So you want to make sure that your traffic is, is you know, kind of blended really well because you always want new users. But you also want people coming back to make sure that what you're writing is something, unless you're answering, like, a very specific question. Someone comes in, they're one and done, and then they're gone. That makes sense. But, you know, you want to, you know, from an engagement standpoint, you want to be careful where you get, you know, where you get in there because a lot of people get lost in bounce rate and time on site now time on site could be uh, you know could just be a factor of listen this this content is x amount of words so it takes people x amount of time to read rather than you know something that's smaller which could be just a one-shot deal like it's a very simple answer very short answer they come in then they leave and that that's not necessarily a bad thing it just means oh i solved their problem with this simple answer that's okay too so with the engagement metrics you want to make sure that that people are staying there and that they're reading the content but also you don't want to get like Lost, like oh my god we're we're less than three minutes you know like what do i do it's like that that's that doesn't matter you know like you know make sure that you're getting traffic you're getting new traffic you're getting people back make sure people are engaging but then ultimately you know look at their path you know like i think that a better way especially through an educational piece of content a win is someone moving on from that page to a more transactional page right if you get someone you educate them let's say you're selling air conditioners and then you educate them on how many you know like a big common problem is people who don't know how to measure the amount of 
BTUs, you know, to buy what, how big of an air conditioner, let me say, for a certain room, right? How to measure a room for that. Um, you have a great educational piece of content, uh, you know, about that. And, um, and you, you educate them. And then you have a button right next to it that says, go shop air conditioners. To me, if someone clicks on that go shop air conditioners and then follows through and then buys something, or ultimately you cookie them and they come back and buy something, that's the most important thing is that you got someone from that page to a transactional page. And I think that a lot of people get lost in like specific, you know, specific metrics. I think they have to look at the user flow through the site and see like, am I moving people through the funnel? Am I getting people to the finish line? That's an interesting point too that you made about bounce rate and time on site. Like, do you think that, you know, even if it's a one, one stop answer, quick question and they leave there, I, I feel like there should be some value in that too, if they're looking at you as a credible source. Mm -hmm. So even if they leave that one time, if they have another question, they'll know to come back to you. So it's building your reputation, even if it's kind of that one hit and maybe they'll stay longer in the next time. Exactly. And you know, like bounce rate is, you know, bounce rate is a subjective thing, right? Cause you could have a landing page that the conversion point is a page that bounces you off the site and takes you to like a Marketo page. Let's just say it's something like that, right? That takes you off that page. That's technically a bounce and you would get this huge bounce rate there, but you want that bounce cause you want them to go to this other place. So people get lost in like, in these metrics that, you know, really should be taken with a grain of salt. They're more directional. They're not gospel. Uh, but you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> you know, everyone, you know, everyone's different. Uh, but you know, for anyone listening, like, you know, like just make sure that you, you're moving people through the, you know, you're moving people through the funnel. Absolutely. And you know, we're almost right about a, yep. at our end of time and you just kind of, a what, what are you the most excited about? What are you seeing as like the biggest trends in SEO and how things are evolving and what makes you excited to be doing what you do every day? You know, for me, I'm, I'm excited that people are paying attention to it. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, you know, like I started this in 2004 and no one knew what it was. Um, you know, I, I tried to explain it to a lot of people and then ultimately I was running my own business and then ultimately I had, you know, I moved to an agency where I was sell where I was, you know, selling it as well. And it was a really hard sell to go into someone and say, hey man, you know, like you give me this money and we might be able to do something, <laughs> you know, because we can't guarantee anything because Google's just a giant math equation floating out in space that no one controls uh, you know and that was a really hard sell you know but these days people get it you know what I mean that black box has been opened and you know people are really starting to dig inside and trying to and you know understand it um, and like higher level people at companies too like you know talking to you know the C-suite at StubHub or you know something like that which I was doing a few months ago like that, that like never in my wildest dreams I thought I'd be in a room with, with folks like that and it was really exciting for me and just the whole user experience thing because I'm a visual guy you know SEO like you know most people wouldn't think this SEOs are much more on the creative side than they are on like the data and, and math side um, you know we're really creative people and we like visual we like visual things we want things to look good but we also want them to work you know we like solving puzzles but we don't like solving ugly puzzles uh, you know so at the end of the day I think it's great that people are taking to account you know all this new technology and taking to account that you know there are other options out there to make the site look better too and that we're providing cooler experiences like uh, for example like the North Face has this awesome, uh, you know, uh, you know, function on it where you can go and put in, you know, what you're you going to use this jacket for, and it will help you buy a jacket, and then it will help you 
like you, you like find what size will you most likely will not return because it's based on return rates of that particular size but, and it's based on your build and everything. That's so cool. You know what yeah. I mean? Like what a cool what a cool little function on a site. But things like that, Madison Reed does that for uh, hair color as well it, and makeup. It's really cool. You know, like like you're getting to a site and it's not just here's a block of copy, here's a picture, here's a video. It's people are building these experiences on site, but you can mix that in with search. And I think that that's something that I'm most excited about. That it's not just this, here are these five things we have to do. Let's do this over and over again for the next 10 years. It's like, hey, we're going to build a new site and we want to do something creative with it, but we want search to be a part of that. And that's the part I'm most excited that I can actually now be a part of those discussions instead of coming in a year later after the, pro after the cool part of the project's done and do all the boring part, <laughs> you know, the tedious, boring stuff. <laughs> well, Pat, I want to thank you uh, for taking some time to chat with us today. And for all of you guys listening, this has been another DMN 101 podcast. We'll see you next week.